today's Real Talk, Justin Kazepis. Welcome in on this afternoon. We're hanging out. This is the show where you talk about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. I am a North Carolina attorney, North Carolina real estate broker, investor, and I am joined today by the Madison himself. Can I call you the Madison? Am I allowed to do that? You know, I, my dad is actually the Madison. Sure. I'll be the son of the Madison. The son of the Madison. They, was there a birthday recently too? Did I hear that? A birthday. Yeah, there was. Yeah. 80 years. Happy birthday, Mr. Madison. Doug Madison. Does he prefer Mr. Madison? Is that okay? Or would that be weird if I call him Mr. Madison? Well, you know, I've called him dad my whole life, but you you call him what you want to. I won't call him dad. (laughs) I won't won't do that. Mr. Madison's great. (laughs) Matt Madison of Doug Madison Realty joining me here in our Cornelius uh, studio. Matt, you drove down all the way from Statesville, Thank you for joining us down here. How was the drive down? Oh man, it was it was fabulous. It was great. Enjoyed you know? the sights and the scenery yeah, on your I way. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of traffic. Wow, didn't have to get over an HOV lane Sheesh. because my wife wasn't with me. She <laughs> likes to ride an HOV lane, but I don't blame her. Didn't have to. Didn't have to do that. Just cruised on down and and got here and plenty of time. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you're second generation broker or yes, second generation broker. I am the same. My dad was a broker my entire life growing up until he, until the day he passed, he was a broker. And so for you being a second generation real estate broker, what's it been like for you working with family? Well, you know, so I get the opportunity to work with, um, uh, my mom and dad have been retired for the last several years, but I do get the opportunity to work with my brother and sister. It's been an interesting dynamic. You know, most people think brothers and sisters can't get along, and we've seemed to make it work. So we get along great um, and uh, get the opportunity to serve the people of Statesful and the surrounding areas. What's your favorite thing about working with family? What's my favorite thing? I think what it is about working with family is you always know that you've got somebody you can count on, that yeah. you can depend on, you know, versus just having just having working relationships with people that you you don't know as well. But I've I've known my brother and sister, gosh, for over what for your whole life, yeah, fifty years. Well, <laughs> fifty years with my sister, and then my brother just turned forty-two. So, so when you, when you sit down and you work with your brother and sister, are you guys all like, okay, it's it's the three of you. You're analyzing the market together. You're reviewing each other's, let's say, CMAs. How, to what extent are you three working together in the business? So it, it's interesting that you asked that. So actually, I am um, in the, in my in our business. I am working in the in the property management department. Also help people, my own personal clients, list and sell properties. Um, my brother is actually the uh, broker in charge of the sales division. So he help, he does the recruiting and uh, works with the agents to get them up and running and that sort of thing. And uh, my my sister is uh, uh, just kind of over the office management side of it and works on the book. She's the bean counter, right? Yeah. My dad <laughs> used to be, but now she is. But uh, yeah, it seems, it seems to work out well. We seem to all kind of uh, get along and it's intertwined pretty well. But uh, we're excited about the future of uh, Doug Madison Realty and where we are in the community. Um, my mom and dad started it back in 1984, and uh, so we, we've been around a while. So 1984, that's 
quite a amount of time to survive in this game. Real estate is not an easy game to play. Right. I think a lot of people get into it. They get their license. They get very excited. I'm going to go make a bunch of money in real <laughs> estate. I'm going to go do it. Right. What have you seen um, in the community for that long? Some of the biggest changes thus far throughout the years of brokerage. Well, you know, I, I think for from our standpoint, uh, being able to kind of intertwine both the property management and the sales division has been instrumental in, in really our survival, right? Because real estate is cyclical, right? You're going to have some, some years that are going to be really good from a sales standpoint, and the property management is kind of your bread and butter, kind of your steady as you go. Um, so it's it's been a combination of those two things. We've seen a lot, of course, with COVID and everything. We discussed this before we got on the air, um, just what's happened in the last two years. And uh, just basically being able to, uh, you know, continue to grow in our knowledge of the business and uh, to be able to help the community um, and where we've been called to serve is the main thing. And my, my parents back in 1984 started this company and uh, we built our company uh, based on our our relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So um, we've always come at it from a Christian perspective, and we will continue to until until we're done with <laughs> with our lives here on this earth. So so, so as far as community goes, then define right. for me the community that Doug Madison Realty serves. So I think it's I think it's pretty much everyone in that local area um you know a lot of people uh, and and I deal with I deal with everyone from a rental standpoint to a sales standpoint and I, I see a lot of people that are just like I, I've heard it said before I wouldn't want your job hmm. because of the the rental aspect and just answering questions about rentals and having service calls and different things like that but it's really given me an opportunity to to serve in a manner which I wouldn't have had had I had just a regular job doing something else. It's given me an opportunity to serve everyone in the community, from those people that might not be able to even afford a you know a quality home to somebody that can somebody that can buy something and, and pay cash for it. So I, I would say we we long to be able to serve the whole community in which we're which we're part of. How diverse would you say the community of Statesville and, and other areas? You go beyond states, right? You go more right. north, you go more east, you go a little bit more west, yeah. uh, even more south. Uh, yeah. uh, how would you describe the diversity of the community that you that you serve? Well, you know, so from a from a diversity standpoint, I think you've got different areas of Statesville that are, of course, more economically challenged than others. Um, I would say that. Uh, from a community standpoint, being able to service everyone in our community has has been somewhat of a ta- somewhat of a task that we've tried to we've tried to do better at. But um, just from a standpoint of the diversity in our community, I would say it's very diverse. You know, you've got a lot of people in Statesville um, that. Uh, might have, you know, manufacturing jobs or something on the lower end that might not be able to afford um, housing 
to the standpoint of other people. And so you've just got to be aware of that and got to be able to help those people because everyone needs a home, you know. And that's the main thing is just trying to help everyone find something that they're going to be able to call their own. All right, so your family's been in Statesville for quite some time. You've had Mm -hmm. a brokerage firm in Statesville for quite some time. You guys do sales. You also do rentals. So I got to ask you the hard question. Yeah. What is your favorite restaurant in Statesville? My favorite restaurant in Statesville, that's easy, right? So Twisted Oak. Twisted Oak. Twisted Oak. Okay, so since it was so easy, favorite thing on the menu at Twisted Oak? That's easy. Mushroom Asiago chicken. <laughs> Mushroom Asiago chicken. Yes. I've not heard such a direct response yes. before. Well, you'll need to come have some mushroom Asiago chicken. A lot of people try to dodge that question. We're talking with Matt Madison of Doug Madison Realty here at our Studio C location. We appreciate Matt driving down. We've got a lot of show left. Stick with us. Uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, 844-STUDIO-4 is the phone number. Matt is going to educate us on what's been going on from the rental side of things in the community through COVID. Now, what's the future look like? We're talking about it. Today's Real Talk. Today's Real Talk, Justin Kazepis, the show where we talk about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. 844-STUDIO-4, if you want to be part of the conversation, that's the number, 844-STUDIO-4. Sitting down today with Matt Madison of Doug Madison Realty. Been in the market since 1984. I haven't been. My parents started the company in 84. Mind you, when I was 1984, I was only 12 years old. So it took me a couple more years to get my license. Legally, yes. (laughs) Well, that's good. So you were 12 in 1984. I was born in 1990. Really? Yeah. Wow. So your parents have been in the game since before I was even a thought. Yep. And yep. so uh, if anybody knows real estate in your market, I would say it's Doug Madison Realty, who's very comfortable in the marketplace. Right. One thing you guys do really, really well, and it's a game that I never got into as a broker because it was just hard for me to wrap my mind around it from the brokerage side, and that's rentals. Right. You guys do a lot of property management. Right. How many units are you guys managing at this time? We've probably got about 125 units right now. For a boutique firm, that is substantial amount of units. How are you not running around like a chicken with your head cut off right now? I've got a good support staff. (laughs) You know, I've got I've got a secretary that's excellent, and she handles a lot of it. We've got a good system set up, and um, to be honest with you, I mean I. Whenever I rent a property, I usually give my cell number uh, to tenants so that they can... Dangerous. So that they can... Well, and they're usually respectful of that. And uh, they usually contact me if they've got a problem or something like that. Of course, they can call into the office anytime as well. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, a lot of people think, I don't want to get into rentals because it's just such a headache. Well, you know, there's there's some days I don't have any any issues. And then there's some days that it... Everything's yeah, the, falling the, apart. The, sky, the sky's falling, right? <laughs> so um, it's just kind of, uh, but overall, uh, it's, a, it's a enjoyable, you know, there's days that are very taxing and then other days that are, that are much, much easier. But overall, I enjoy what I do. Give me a horror story 
the like comes top of mind. There's that tenant you remember, and it's a property you don't own it. You're managing it for somebody else, so you're doing your job. Give me a horror story that you've had to experience as a property manager. I guess one of the ones that I had was I had a lady that um almost burned a house down on purpose. I don't know exactly. Okay, but fair enough. Uh, yeah, jury's but out. Her her the stove uh, something caught on fire with the stove, but, um, and fortunately, and she really didn't even let us know about it. We just found out about it after she moved out mm. and kind of left Owen a couple of months worth of rent and just left the house in horrible shape. And, you know, it was one of, one of my clients and he said that this is the way it's going to be. We need to just sell all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully that's but he's not still, all. He's still talking to me today. Yeah. Um, barely, but that's he right. is. So, so when you think about property management, there's, there's different styles out there of firms and there's different levels of service to what scope is Doug Madison real realty willing to go to for property manager? Are you guys full service, full yes. stop, hundred percent? Hey, just sign the form and we'll take care of it and mail you a check right. every month. Exactly. And so, and so a lot of people, um, do things a little differently. I'll just kind of give you an overview of, of what we do. So we, we manage the entire process. If somebody is late on the rent, of course they get a late notice. Um, we end up going to court. We end up filing evictions. We you up, do. I do. You go to small claims I and go, you file. I, I go to small claims. I file. I take care of everything. And then if the people don't decide to stay, we have to file what's called a writ of ex execution where we have to meet the sheriff out there and, uh, Pack your stuff and go. Eject them from the property. Yeah. Right. So I've done that as well. So, you know. Do you wear like sheriff, you know, like the sun visor <laughs> glasses style, like the sheriff, and you walk up, hey, it's time to go. No, uh, I can't. I can't, uh, you know, I can't impersonate uh, an officer. No, you shouldn't I, I, do that. I, But being, being hardy. Uh, which is one of our agents and also a local <laughs> law enforcement guy. I uh, I tried to get him to do a ride along with me. You yeah. Know, so keep it safe. Yeah. Exactly. So what are you seeing then in the rental market from the properties you guys manage of other people? We'll say right. What are you seeing as the sentiment in the market? Are people nervous or in the rental aspect? Or is everybody comfortable? Are all your units rented? How are we feeling on inventory and, and all so, that? So here, here's, the thing, here's the things that I'm seeing from a rental standpoint. I'm seeing that things are staying on the market a little longer, right? But it, it goes back to where, where we've been through COVID. It's just like we discussed on the, on the sales side as well. But on the rental side, things are staying on the market a little longer. Rents are higher than they have been in the past. And so maybe that's part of the issue. But uh, you're seeing, um, I mean, just within the past probably couple of years, you've seen a tremendous increase in your in your prices, even in the Statesville market. I mean, I was renting stuff around a two bedroom in Statesville a couple of years ago it was five fifty or six hundred dollars, and now it's over nine. Wow, so almost that, double. Yeah, so that tells you where the rental market is um, in Statesville, and it, you can look at that and see if you get online and 
through average rental two bedrooms in Statesville, it's nine fifty or a thousand dollars. And we have um we we are I am a member of Canopy Realtor Association myself. I right. have been a broker since twenty twelve. So on WSICnews.com, even on the homepage, we've got different market reports for different areas. People can search for real estate directly on WSICnews.com. I'm big on local data. I'm not a fan of Zillow. I'm not a fan of Realtor.com because Look, the data is manipulated. It's not 100% accurate. And so going directly to a source where the brokers, the almost self-policing community themselves who input the data and it's pulled raw directly into our database that is searchable is the route I would always recommend people to go. So as the prices have increased, you mentioned a couple years ago pre-COVID, $550, now up closer $900. Are you seeing consistently new tenants paying that rent, or are the old tenants still there and they've accepted the increases? You know, uh, I I would say it's about half and half. I I don't see as many people moving, and here's the reason, I think, is because a lot of times owners won't go up as quickly as the market is, right? They might go up 50 or $75 after that when your lease is up. Well, think about that. Um, if you went and tried to find that same two bedroom over here, then you'd be paying $150 more a month. Right. right? Then even beyond, beyond then, the then increase. Then even beyond yeah. what the increase is. Yeah. So, um, now some owners will try to go up a couple hundred bucks sure. or 250 or something like that. And, you know, their thought is, well, they're not going to find anything else in the market. And this is where the, the rent needs to be. Now, I will tell you this I did have one guy, one guy that we were going up on his rent, or we were going up on the tenant rent. So this was an owner, and the rent was going up to 950 And the lady had been there for 25 years. 25 years she had <laughs> rented it from his dad. And she was up to nine, and and she had been at 350 Yeah. For 20-some years. So he started going up on her rent, got up to 950 and she called and she said, I got to move. And he said, um well, what are you comfortable with? And she said, I could do 500. And he said, out of respect for my dad, wow. we'll do that. Wow. See, not everyone not everyone is a, a scoundrel just trying to make right, a bunch of money exactly. out there. Sheesh. I thought, man, what a great yeah. story. You know what I mean? There are people, there's still people out there that are more concerned about helping others than they are Sure. The dollar, yeah. right? So, so, so as far as then available units in the marketplace, because I'm sure that that's what you analyze, right? To know what the current market right. rate is for rents. And so how are you seeing as far as units? Some are sitting on the, the market longer. Do we have enough supply of rentals, would you say, in the marketplace right now? You know, I, I would say since we're not having uh, as much activity, I would say we're, we're pretty good. Well, from my standpoint, from what I see, I... I very seldom have more than one or two on the market. Right now, I've probably got five or six. Wow. So, yeah. And a lot, and, and three or four of them are very similar, mm. very similarly priced and stuff like that. Um, and we're just not having the kind of activity. Now, mind you, whenever you do have an application, if you think about it, you know, probably seven out of 10 applications are for whatever reason, are not going to be able to move through to the final For process. all legal reasons, we are going to deny this application and that we are allowed to deny right. application. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, but I mean, there's credit, criminal, different things sure. like that are not going to be able to move forward with it. So um, even though we get in a lot of applications, sometimes they just don't work out. 
So. so one of the things from the rental side, then from the tenants' perspective, we'll say, because you work with tenants as oh, well, yeah. and yeah. so what are some of the things that they're compromising on as it relates to finding a unit? Is it location? Is it features? What are tenants willing to compromise on these days? You know, I think that I think a lot of it is they just want a place. You know, they're not as concerned anymore about being that close to their work. They'll they'll go further if they need to. Um, a lot of it is driven by simply the price, right? This is what I can afford. You know, we we've got a a three x multiplier on our. That's how. That's how we base it mm-hmm. is you got to make three times that in order to qualify. And a lot of times people will be like, well, this is the price range I need to be in based on what my income is. Right. right? So, I mean, I think that's the that's the driving factor a lot of times is basically what what your income is and what that looks like going forward. And it's no different than in the sales side of things, right? Because you've got to make a certain level of income, your debt to income ratio, your credit score, all those factors come into it when you purchase. So it's no different than on the rental side as well, it sounds like. You're listening to today's Real Talk 844-STUDIO-4. If you've got a question maybe for Matt, maybe you got a rental scenario you want to work some things out, got a troublesome landlord, maybe the broker management company ain't helping you out too well, but Matt's here to solve all the issues. 844-STUDIO-4. Today's Real Talk, Justin Kazepis, North Carolina real estate attorney, broker, and investor. Here we talk about all things North Carolina real estate business and life. 844-STUDIO-4, I'm sitting down with Matt Madison of Doug Madison Realty. Been in the market since 1984, second generation broker. Family business, family operated, over 100 rental units you guys manage in the local marketplace have some horror stories, a lot of good stories though, too. So tell me like when you get that, what's like the perfect tenant? Who's the perfect tenant in your mind? Uh, The perfect tenant for me would have uh, a good credit score would be looking to, you know, probably within the next year or so, maybe, maybe they're just moving to the area and they just want to settle in just for a year or so until they could possibly potentially buy something have a good credit score, have a great rental reference, uh, preferably no animals. Yeah. Right. And um, just, uh, you know, th- those are the, and have a good income and, and stuff like that. And maybe have owned a home for several years in another area and maybe just moving here to kind of get settled before they're ready to to move on to something else. So you talked about that when we talk, well, when I asked you about who, what are tenants willing to compromise on as it relates to their rentals, you, you mentioned location and not having to be so close to work. So are you finding people that work like in Charlotte moving to Statesville because of the rental prices or, or kind of what's that landscape like of who is renting in Statesville right now? Yeah. So it's interesting. A lot of people that I'm seeing that are renting in Statesville are not working in Statesville. Um, may may work in Concord, Harrisburg, Charlotte, that area, Winston Salem. Sometimes um, I, I've just seen a lot of that recently. Now you do have some folks, of course, that that work locally, but I would say the majority of people that are moving here are actually working in the surrounding those surrounding communities. Is that how it's always been, or or at one point was it a lot of hey, you you worked and lived in Statesville? Well, I think I think from a standpoint of the rental community, I think uh, you know one of the thing one of the things about rentals is 
is people aren't really putting their roots down, right? They're just here for six months or a year. And so they're kind of might not be permanent on their position where they want to be and might be looking at other opportunities and stuff like that. So I still think, I think you're seeing a lot of times people live in our community that might not might not work here. But hopefully that's going to change because I think there's a lot of excellent opportunities in Statesville for, for employment. It, the, the commercial scene is growing like wildfire from what I can see. I mean, right. if you drive north on 77 yeah. and the moment you hit that 40 corridor, right. it's gangbusters right now. Wide yeah. open, a lot of industrial it looks like, yeah. a lot of manufacturing, yeah. uh, a lot of retail even right. going in because, you know, as these communities grow and people are living, all these new construction neighborhoods happening everywhere. Right. These businesses believe they can survive by because people need a place to live, work, and play. And right. so for these changes that are occurring throughout Statesville, what's your take on them? What's your thought on the community as it continues to grow? Do you see it as positive? Do you guys see it as negative or somewhere in between? Well, you know, it's... Uh... Overall, I think the future in Statesville, I, I think it's very positive. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, if, if people would be as familiar with with the Statesville, uh, kind of that East Broad Street corridor. I see some major changes happening possibly over the next year, year and a half there. I think that's going to drive um, uh, quite a bit of growth in that corridor, in that area. And that's mainly, that's kind of the heartbeat of the community right there on 77 because you've got East Broad Street that goes to the downtown, which we've just revitalized. Beautiful. And then going the other way towards the mall in that area, we're starting to see some businesses come in there and and uh, and things are going to, I think things are going to start to flourish there. We talked about food, Daylight Donuts. I am an absolute fan of Daylight Donuts. I will talk about them any day, every yes, day, and all day. And absolutely. I, I've got no problem with that. But And to help with my addiction to Daylight Donuts, Iredell Health has opened their new urgent care right uh, there right on there. Broad Street, which yes. used to be the Blockbuster. So yeah. I, you can just roll me on over across <laughs> the street, and everything's okay. <laughs> and, and we're seeing the orange cones everywhere, right? And when yeah. you see the orange cones, people get nervous. There's a lot of projects left on the table that haven't even started yet in the community. Right. A lot of businesses that are in the planning stages looking to come. So for someone who's been in Statesville, whose family has been in Statesville for quite some time, what would you like to see as the future of Statesville? Well, I I think that I think that mall area there. So that mall was built I think in 1979. Um, and I think that that is going to the redevelopment of that area is is going to be crucial, I think, to what we see the future in Statesville as. Um, and I'm excited to hear there's there's some potential uh, people that that might have an interest in that. And so maybe within the next six months or nine months, we might see some activity there. And uh, I think that's going to I think that's really going to help. Um, Statesville as a whole, just because you think about that, the first exit you have at Statesville is East Broad Street. And when you pull in off that exit, when you pull in off 77, and that's the first impression you get is a mall and a retail area that's not in use anymore that looks, looks kind of run down. 
really. And I think if they if they do it right and the right person comes in there and, and builds that property up, um, I think that's going to be a tremendous value to our community. Yeah. I really do. So let's let's switch gears a little bit. We're talking with Matt Madison of Doug Madison Realty, 844-STUDIO-4, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns. And, and let's switch to sales. Let's talk about the, the buying and selling of real estate in okay. Statesville in particular. What have you seen from a pricing perspective? You and I agree, and, we'll, 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 and I say it all the time, and so it's not, not anything new for people to hear me say this. I don't think the market's just going to fall out. I don't, I don't think we're going to just all of a sudden plummet to the ground. Right. I don't see that happening. But in your opinion, in Statesville in particular, have we reset the floor yet? Or do you think we're still working through what the new floor is? So uh, I just kind of, I, w- I want to go back just for a minute and just talk about what, what our expectations have been, right? We talked about that during the break some. But when you have 30, I think the la- last stat I saw was 39.8% increase over two years during COVID for home prices, Right when you're averaging between four and four and a half percent per year pre-COVID, that's 10 years worth of appreciation in two years. Now people have expectations that what's going on today because it looks like home prices aren't going anywhere. Well, home prices have got to adjust, right? They're not going to continue to go up like that, but they are, I think, going to start gradually coming back. We're not going to see a the market fallout, we're not going to see a decline like we saw back in 2008. That's just not going to happen. One of the things that happened after 2008 that nobody talks about is the fact of builder risk. Mm. Builders would not, they were risk averse mm-hmm. after that happened. The banks were risk averse. Right? <laughs> so, so they stopped. Yeah. They stopped building. Well, what that did was that created a shortage starting over the next few years, which has led to where we are today, and then COVID hit, then everything went went crazy. And so I think that overall, I think from a real estate standpoint, I think you're going to continue to see appreciation, not to the not to the twenty percent a year. No, 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 <laughs> nothing like that. But I think realistically, we'll get back up to about four to five percent per year, and uh, as we continue to to move on through the next couple of years if things continue to go like they have been. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about some of the the numbers, some of the stats, some of the data. I'd love to get hear what you're seeing as far as interest rates and the numbers in the marketplace. We'll talk about that as soon as we're on the back from the other side of this break. You're listening to today's Real Talk, 844-STUDIO-4. We're sitting down with Matt Madison of Doug Madison Realty, been in Statesville since 1984. They do property management. They do sales. Everything you really need in a marketplace as it relates to real estate. Coming back. Today's Real Talk, the show where we talk about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. Joined in studio by Matt Madison of Doug Madison Realty. Been in Statesville since 1984. They manage over 100 rental units. Matt also owns properties himself. Matt, so you 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 do own rental properties. That's correct. Do you yes. self-manage your own rental properties or does that just get weird? Well, you know, I 
I've, I've tried to have somebody else manage them, but you know, nobody else wants to manage them like I do. So. <laughs> and they want to charge me a fee, which I, I don't get that, you know, Gosh, anyway, so I know, but anyway, so you obviously like what you do. Is that fair to say? Do you like what you do? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You, you definitely have a passion for it. I, yeah. I, I can see that. I know that uh, having been able to speak with you multiple times, sitting down with you, always love talking the market with you. What's your take on the market for the future? We, we talked a little bit about pricing. We talked a little bit about supply. So give me just your overall philosophy. Let's say Lake Norman as a whole. Let's go beyond Statesville now at okay. this point. How does the community shift as the future approaches and continues on? You know, I think I think there's a lot of things that, uh, that this area has going for it that other parts of the other parts of the country uh, do not. And I think that, um, you know, it, it was interesting because I think uh, it was probably about a month ago, I guess, I was reading an article and one of the top places that people are looking to come to is this this area, the the Mooresville to Statesville area, um, which is really exciting, right? We've got so many things. Uh, we've still got a, a relatively low tax base. I think that is going to continue to encourage growth. Um, of course, we've got great great weather throughout the year. It's a little hot today. I think 100, I, 100 heat index. Is that what yeah, I heard, I think, yeah. on our weather? Yeah, yeah pretty hot. But, but overall, you know, I think in a couple of weeks when, when I come back, maybe we can talk about how cool it is outside. <laughs> but today it's hot, you know. Yeah. But um, And I think you've got, from a transportation standpoint, I think it's a great uh, just having an international airport, what, 20 minutes down the road from here, right? And... Um, all the things that we've got going on uh, in the in in the statesville community. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a guest at our uh, Rotary luncheon, mm -hmm. and he was talking about uh, Jet East. It's a new company that's coming into Statesville that they're going to be hiring, I think, over two hundred and fifty people, um, and they're going to be doing different things as far as. Um, basically catering to uh, small air small air air airplane owners oh. basically yeah and they're gonna be doing interior maintenance they're gonna be doing um, their uh, their mechanical stuff and also gonna have a paint shop so for I mean, airplanes for airplanes that's niche yeah <laughs> so that's niche right so and it was like 250 and that's just one company and I just think that uh I just think that Statesville is, you know, for the longest time, I was waiting to see something happen in Statesville. And now it's like there's a lot of things that are happening at one time. It's just it's really exciting to see the growth and the potential that that we have in in that area. Yeah. Um, and I and just what you've seen, I think, in Mooresville and Troutman. I think basically it's it's heading north on 77. So. Do you think that from a number of units perspective, there's a lot of new construction neighborhoods going on right now? Mm -hmm. Do you think we've reached a point that we have enough units and it should just become like a resale market? Or do you think that there's room for more new construction on the residential side? whether single family, townhomes, condos, apartments, what's your take on that? Well, I think that you're going to continue to see, um, uh, 
I think you're going to continue to see people moving to our area, especially from from uh, up north, colder, especially colder areas and areas with higher taxes and stuff like that. COVID changed so much because of one factor. The main factor in COVID that made the real estate market go crazy and changed so much was the fact that companies said, hey, you work from home. It's And so at that point, people could really live anywhere they wanted to. And so what did they do? They moved to places with better taxes. They moved to places with better weather. They moved to places that where their family was, different things like that. So I think that led to a migration, especially in North Carolina and in our community. And I think you're going to continue to continue to see that because the more people that move here, then they start calling their cousin out in Utah and saying, hey, you got you got to move out here. This is, and they're like, there's 12 foot of snow out here, you know? <laughs> and they're like, it's 65 degrees, you know? Yeah. And so anyway. It's hard to go back. I have family that lives in Ohio and it gets cold. Like it's, oh, uh, yeah. when I, we went up there one time, like for Christmas, a few times we went up for Christmas. And when we're up there and you look outside and it's like bright blue skies, sun shining, like, oh, it's cool. Let's go outside. Instant icicle the moment you step outside. Like there is that it is cold. It yeah. is not your normal cold of like North Carolina cold. It is frigid up yeah. there. So we talk about jobs a little bit, right? You mentioned 250 new jobs potentially with this airplane painting niche business that's coming in, right? right? And so I'm of the belief, and I and I want your take on this. Correct me if I'm wrong. The only way that I see the market taking a heavy downshift is if we have a significant loss of jobs. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I would say you're correct. Do you think in what way potentially does that happen on a hyper-local level? I want to set aside the world pandemics for a moment here because it's all we've talked about right. for years. But is that even possible at this point on a local level, or is the machine just running at such a rate that there's enough job employers to fill in for those that, that fall out? Well, I think a lot of that is going to depend, too, on what the... Uh, I think a lot of that's going to depend on, on what your market looks like going forward from a job standpoint as far as are we going to keep our jobs in our country, right, versus sending them overseas. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. What you're seeing now, though, is I think from a local level, you're seeing more of, like you said, when when we talked about the the uh, out at the airport, mm-hmm. that kind of that niche, niche business, niche yeah. business. I yeah. think you're seeing people come in that want to support local communities and want to have local jobs in our communities that can't be bought out, right? Mm-hmm. That can't be you've been given incentives by other other countries or other areas to move from our area. So I think overall Statesville's got a promising future, but I think too, a lot of it's going to depend on what are the incentives locally for people to come in and for them to do business in our community. And I'm not, I'm not as well versed on that as maybe you are or some other people, but that's always been a big deal in Statesville. I feel like for many years, um, the people that were making the decisions wanted to keep Statesville like a small town, mm-hmm. right? And I think just over time, uh, it's got to the point where it can't, it started to 
flourish in spite of that. Right. And I just hope that's something that continues. I know there's bigger issues to discuss, but at the same time, we need to be mindful of the fact that that in order for us to attract ongoing businesses, we're going to have to have uh, we're going to have to have a tax incentive, and we're going to have to have people that want to live and work in our communities, right? And I th- I think Statesville's got a, a very positive outlook going forward. So. Yeah, and by incentives, like to give an example, so with Tepper Entertainment, right, David Tepper, who bought the Carolina Panthers, there was an incentives deal, I believe it was out of Rock Hill, right, where they were building this brand new, beautiful facility, practice field, offices, basically like this mega complex. And part of that deal, the understanding was that Rock Hill was going to write a check to Tepper Entertainment as part of this tax incentives, this 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 process of, hey, we're bringing in a bunch of jobs, we're investing a bunch of dollars. And when that fell apart, Tepper Entertainment pulled out of building that development down there. Right. And it's been an interesting road since. So that type of incentive of there's a negotiation that takes place with a company, it happens with the town, they come up with some type of package where over 50 years, a company says, we're going to invest a billion dollars into your community. Right. Now, that math comes out in a bunch of different ways on paper, but ultimately to where a deal gets struck between the town and the company. Do you think that major companies like Statesville because of the location, the culture, the people? What is it that's driving these companies, in your opinion, to Statesville? Well, I think... I think from a location standpoint, yeah, uh, you think about it, w- where else do you have two major intersect two major interstates that intersect, right? Not not very often, right? I-77 and I-40, you think about what that entails, right? So that means that you can be to the mountains in about an hour and a half, you can be to the coast in about 4 hours. There's just so many things in Statesville from a location standpoint, uh, from a uh, from a travel standpoint, that give people the desire to want to have a company here. I think so, I, and I think from a visibility standpoint, I mean, doing a traffic count on 77 and 40, and having your business right there, I think that's another incentive. Uh, just visibility. A lot of great things about Statesville. Matt, if people want to reach you, what's the best way? What's the website? Uh, so they can go to DougMadisonRealty.com. Okay. Or they can call me at 704-929-7701. All right, DougMadisonRealty.com. You've been listening to today's Real Talk. We'll see you next week.